Welcome to the second season of Alternative Parenting Podcast, where we learn how to guide our kids to find their own path while supporting them in cultivating traits that will empower them to live a life of fulfillment, meaning, and satisfaction. I'm your host, Efrat Amira. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to introduce today a wonderful guest. Her name is Kelly Blakey. She's a career social worker and a therapist for more than 20 years. Today, she focuses on life coaching, especially for moms. And her mission is to show moms if they are ever going to get the life they've always dreamed of, they have to start putting themselves first. So I want to ask you, Kelly, Tell us how you started putting yourself first. Well, it took me a long time (laughs) to realize that was actually the problem. Um, I was that person that always put everybody else first. I put my family first. I put my husband first. I put my career first. I put my friends first. And then somewhere, whatever was left over here and there, I would do something for myself. So um, that, that left a lot of damaging side effects. I was overwhelmed. I was stressed out. I always felt like something else in my life had to change in order for anything for me and my life to get better. So I started, um, well, I didn't start, but I was watching my younger sister. She started tackling areas of her life, like her finances, her um, physical health, and she started decluttering her home. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Why? You are so motivated lately. Like, what is going on? How are you like doing all of this? And she's like, yeah, I started this mom coaching program. And I was like, what in the world is a mom coaching program? I had never heard of anything like that. And I I kind of thought it was silly. And for a couple of years, she had been encouraging me to listen to a few podcasts. And I kind of thought she was nerdy because I didn't even know what a podcast really was at that point. I was like, oh, okay, that's just my sister. She's a little nerdy. And she's like, yeah, remember those podcasts I told you to listen to? And I was like, yeah, she's like, yeah, start listening to those. And one of them actually had a program for moms, a coaching program for moms. So it was her example to me, you know, she just modeled it. She went out and did it for herself. She was investing in herself. Up until that point, I thought investing in myself was selfish. I did. My husband had this shirt and it had this big paycheck on it. And it said, invest in yourself. And, you know, moms can get kind of stuck in feeling like we do everything in the house (laughs) with all of the household responsibilities and the kids. And so when he wore that shirt, I would just get so mad. I would be like, that's so selfish. But then when I started to really get curious about what investing in myself meant, I started seeing changes in my life for the better. So that's kind of how I even got on that journey. Wow. Wow. This is so incredible because this is the story of so many moms out there. And I can tell you, every person that I coached as a parenting coach, every mom, especially, Mm -hmm. has the same belief that if she invests in herself, she's selfish. Mm -hmm. And it's just mind blowing, you know, because I was like that also. And I so relate to what you're saying. So yeah, I want, I want you to like go into more detail and tell us how it started. um, What were the tools that you, you got in the beginning that uh, helped you start that process? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, the more I got into it too, the more I realized like, wow, this is something us as women, like really we focus on the overwhelm and we focus on the stress and we focus on what needs to be done for everybody else. And I think it's a, like an unspoken fear that if we do take time for ourselves, that others will suffer. And it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So one of the first tools that really helped me was um, the statement, I am 100% responsible for how I respond to what's going on in my life. So up until that point, I kind of felt uh, not so much, not the word control, but I kind of felt like at the mercy of my circumstances. Mm -hmm. So that would be however much money is in the bank account that week, however many sports I need to run the kids to, um, you know, are my husband and I getting along this week? Those would control my energy. They would control my mood. They would um, control how I treated others. And that statement like knocked me off my feet (laughs) because I really like took it to heart and reflected and realized I was not doing that. I was not taking 100% responsibility for how I responded to the things in my life. So when I started like applying that statement and slowing down and being like, okay, yeah, you have all of this activities after school this week, plus, plus my job, plus my nine to five job, you know, and my own responsibilities, instead of starting the day already overwhelmed and worried, about how this is going to get done. When am I going to cook dinner? You know, like I wanted to do something fun for myself, but I guess that's out of the window. Instead of rehearsing those thoughts first thing in the morning, I grabbed that statement and I said, okay, if I'm responsible for how I'm going to respond, how do I want to respond to this today? What's going to, what thought is going to feed me to have the most energy and enjoy myself because a lot of those times I wasn't enjoying myself. I was going there grumpy. I was going there impatient. So that's kind of how that was probably the first step that just rerouted how I was viewing my life. Can you give us like a specific way of thinking that, you know, this, the saying I am, I'm 100% responsible to how I respond to what's going on in my life. Give us an example of a diff of a response that you decided to change, Mm. um, in according to something that happened in your life. Okay. Um, So I have just a little bit about me too, (laughs) for people who don't know me. (laughs) Um, I have been married for 13 years. Um, We have four children. I have a stepson who is 16. And then I have um, me and my husband have three children of our own, a 12-year-old son. He just turned 12, a eight-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son. So uh, my husband is also a social worker. And um, we kind of run on the same schedule, but we're both very busy. And um, at the end of the day, sometimes you're just kind of exhausted. You have that mental exhaustion. And then you always, as parents, as working parents, then you go home to your other full-time job, which is your family. (laughs) So, and that's probably my greatest joy is being a mom. I love being a mom. Um, Anything I've ever done in my career my family and my kids, that's, I've just wanted to put them first, no matter what. So I've chosen certain jobs or career paths to um, prioritize them. So that goes into my story. Okay. So there would be days I would work late and I would come home to a messy house. (laughs) And oftentimes I didn't leave that house messy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I left it picked up. 
And I, I give this example a lot to um, moms I coach when they're first starting out um, learning this process. I call it the messy kitchen. So you come home and this happened to me in the summer because kids were home all day. Big brother was watching them and we didn't, I didn't leave the house a mess, but when I came home, it was a mess. So the first thing I do when I walk in is I just see the kitchen destroyed. And that particular day was a stressful day at work with a client. So I was kind of still had that on heavy on my head. Did I make the right decision? How's it going to turn out? Should I have done this? You know, I'm already questioning myself and I walk into a mess. And usually like all, all the sirens would go off. Like I would be, I would yell right away, kids, get down here. You know, like even before I had a chance to figure out what was going on, I would just react like that. So I was implementing this new statement to myself. I'm 100% responsible for how I respond to the things in my life. So right now my life is a messy kitchen at the end of a hard work day. So I looked at that kitchen before I yelled for everybody to come down. And I looked at like, okay, trying to figure out whose mess it was. That's what you moms, we just do that right away. <laughs> like who's responsible here? And I, I looked and I was like, okay, I know who would leave that. I know who did that. You know, and once I kind of took a quick inventory, I shifted what I thought about it because that my thoughts this is another huge step my thoughts they create my feelings because whenever we get a thought whenever we're thinking something a feeling always follows it and then from our feelings come our actions so I was like okay so I was, that was something I was new to me and implementing not really new to me because this is really what a lot of times what I teach in therapy, but I was not applying it in my own life, mm. believe it or not. So I was like, okay, dirty dishes. You know what? The kids ate today. Thank God they ate. They didn't just live off snacks <laughs> because some days when I'm gone at work, they live off snacks. I see someone made themselves this, someone made themselves that. Okay, they drink that juice I made for them. Perfect. Okay, so I start going down that path. Okay, so they ate. They ate food today. What, what else can I, like, what else am I thinking and feeling? And then I'm like, what? why didn't my husband have them clean up? It is late. <laughs> you know, that's part of the chores. They need to get, you know, where is my husband? Because he was home by then. Where is he? Why isn't he, you know, um, helping out, blah, blah, blah. That's where the old Kelly would go. But I'm trying to be the new Kelly. <laughs> so the new Kelly is like, okay, that could be my thought. Or I could be like, maybe he has a plan. Maybe because they're not asleep yet, maybe he was going to have them do it right before they went to bed. So before I chased that thought of getting mad at him and assuming he didn't care, I was like, stop, <laughs> stop right there because that will make you feel angry. And for me, that kind of went to my value system too. Like I'm not valued. I'm not appreciated. If they appreciated me, they would pick this up before I got home. Don't they know I've worked all day? So I was done rehearsing that thought in my head because it was not true. It was not true. My husband does value me and he does appreciate me. If he shows me the way I want to or not, that's another story. So <laughs> I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt there. Okay, maybe something else is going on. Because in the past, if I had hunted him down in the house and yelled at him, well, the rest of the night would have been ruined. You know, he would have been unhappy. He would have gotten mad at the kids. I would have been unhappy. So I was like, no, we we are going to change how we do things and the change is going to start with me. So then I did call the kids down. Kids, come on down here. But I was, my state was so much better. I was in control of myself. I was at peace. I was not blaming. I, it, it, 
you know, the, the situation is the situation. There's dirty dishes and I'm still a parent at the end of a busy day and my kids still need, you know, accountability. So I said, hey, guys, <laughs> look at this kitchen. <laughs> what do you see? And I don't put words in their mouth and I do not accuse. So I say, what do you see? And they're like, well, she didn't do this and he ate that. You know, everybody wants <laughs> to blame each other. And I said, well, okay, we're not going to get into that. But what needs to happen right now is you guys need to come up with a plan of how this is going to get clean. So I was able to, in that moment, put the responsibility back on them. And I saved myself a lot of energy. And I only was able to do that because I had slowed down at the beginning and I had really applied that 100% responsibility statement to that. And because I did that and because I broke it down and just didn't react, I was a whole new person in that scenario. And I, you know, different from than what I had been before. So that is a like, kind of way where I started seeing how this change in me is going to help everybody in the in the home in the family. Yes, yes, this is so valuable, because, you know, as you said, our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings create our actions. And, you know, if we just change one thought like you did, like you said, okay, look at that at the all the dishes in the in the sink. And instead of getting angry and mad and thinking about, you know, nobody gives a, you know, in this house, mm-hmm, right? Um, <laughs> you are okay. Thank God they ate. Yeah. Right? Like you're being grateful. <laughs> yeah. Instead. Yeah. Um, and I love how you said, you know, the change starts with us because I truly mm-hmm. believe that as moms, we are the leaders of the house. Mm. Whatever yes. we do, it's going to change the way the house, the house looks. It's going to change the energy. And I, I, I really believe that even if we're not even saying something with words, our mm-hmm. mood and our energy affects all the household yes. so much. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, the not blaming part is so big. Because it's so automatic just to blame mm-hmm. and to look who who's who is in fault here. <laughs> and I think like even if if we can stop for a few times, you know, not mm. all the time, because it's it's right, hard not to blame. Right. <laughs> just for a few times not to blame, we will see that another option for a conversation opens. Mm. So that's just incredible. Um yeah, and, and I and I have to be 100% honest. It was so hard to come up with those alternative thoughts at the beginning. It was so hard yeah. because I was so used to my regular thoughts that like even like okay, they ate food. That felt like forced and fake, but it was just counter, you know, intuitive to what I had done all these years. So of course yes. it felt weird. How come you were able to change the thoughts? Because a lot of times, you know, people say it's good to maybe meditate for 10 times, Mm -hmm. for 10 Mm -hmm. minutes uh, a day. So you'll get familiar with your thoughts and just, you know, just practice not responding to each thought, just Mm -hmm. looking at the thoughts. Is Was there some kind of practice that you did that helped you in those moments? Um, Yeah, I would say because it was such a progression there wasn't just one thing mm-hmm. it was the every time i learned something new of how to shift my mindset i would try it out mm-hmm. and it had to be a conscious decision but what seemed to like stick with me the most was just understanding that every belief i hold about life about relationships, about myself, about God. Every belief I hold is just a thought I have repeated over and over to myself. And um, whether that belief is positive or negative, it, you know, it's, it started with a thought. 
So I was like, oh my gosh, once I started realizing that, then I understood that I held a lot more power than I realized. And I could decide to let the world, media, family, other people put these thoughts in my head, which would then create my feelings and which would then lead to my actions and create my life, or I could take control back. And I get to be the one that repeats these thoughts in my head, you know, and then I get to choose what thoughts stay there. And then if I find a thought that is like sabotaging me, <laughs> which I oftentimes still do, I get to be like, no, 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 you're, you are not welcome here anymore. And so then I get to shift it. So that was trying to figure out what is my, what are my core values? What, what beliefs do I hold over life? Is it working for me? Are these thoughts a hundred percent true? And if they are true, do I want them to stay that way or do I want them to change? That's so powerful. Um, yeah, just, just the understanding that the belief we have is not true. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> this is not, this is not curved in stone. Mm -hmm. You know, is it, I mean, in Hebrew, we say that, but I'm not sure that it, it yeah. translates yeah. good to English um, and it can be changed. Yeah. And that's so empowering. Um, but still, you know, even maybe people who are listening to this now, mm -hmm. we can say, we can tell them that every belief you hold is, is just a thought that you repeated over and over in your head. Mm hmm still it takes some kind of leap mm -hmm. um, yes. in order to really practice this in your life or really change the mindset or change your actions in the moment mm. yes of, of the triggering situation yeah yeah one thing i would say it's about two or three things that i regularly still do and probably cannot keep living this lifestyle if I do not keep continuing these practices. Um, one of them, I would say, first of all, is just my personal relationship with God. Every morning, I have to seek him. I have to seek his word. I have to seek my devotion and um, just get direction from him for my day. And then Secondly, there's things I say over my day every day. And I have I have a long list of affirmations. <laughs> and that's one of the things I work on with coaching clients is writing affirmations over your life and then saying them in a specific way and wording them in a specific way where your brain is thinking that it's real. Because that's another thing. And I studied the brain a lot. I studied the brain for a long time. But your brain cannot understand a negative. So for a while, I would be like, I do not eat unhealthy food. Well, my brain does not process that. It just it sticks to the negative. So like an example, when you tell a kid, don't touch that. <laughs> what is the only thing the kid thinks about? touching yes. that yeah. <laughs> because the brain can't process the, the negative. It can only process the positive. So when I write my affirmations, I say, I choose healthy foods for myself. And then my brain is like, yeah, we choose healthy foods for ourselves, you know, um, just because it's a part it's rewiring. That's that's if you get in that mindset that you're rewiring your brain, because your brain is um, hardwired and it's hardwired off of your experiences in life and off of things you've been exposed to. So it's taken all that data and it's it tells you this is how we do life. And some of those experiences were great. Some were not. And some of the stuff you were exposed to, your parents, how they parented you, the media, friendships, relationships, 
Some of that you want to take with you. Some of that you do not. So that's why you're rewiring your brain. That's why the things I want to happen in my life, I start speaking them over my life. So that was another weird thing that I was like, I just didn't, I didn't believe it at first. I did not. I, I, I had heard about affirmations. I had heard about all of that. And it just seemed like goofy to me or like woohoo. And, but then when I started understanding, no, 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 that's how your brain processes. Then I was like, okay, I can get more on board with this because I understood kind of the science behind it and the brain work. Um, there's, that's two things I do all the time. There's so many and one more thing that I did that really helped me was I started prioritizing what I listened to every day. Before this journey of investing in myself, and this is no shade to anybody that gets into it, but I, I was huge into politics. I was huge into current events. Like that was my jam. I love to keep up. I love to have conversation. But um, it, when I reflected back on it, it was so much of fear, being fed fear. It was so much of being fed division. It was little things that were tearing at my spirit and I didn't realize. And so when I started switching to investing in myself, I stepped away from a lot of that. I kind of took a break from TV and the news completely. And I said, if this is really possible for me to chase these dreams that I have, these this purpose God has given me in my life, I've got to get solar focused. <laughs> I've got to get like um, serious about this and take action. And that was probably one of the easiest things for me to do was change what I was listening to. And everybody's like, how do you get all these coachings and stuff? I signed up for Mom Mastery University. It was that coaching program my sister had told me about. They're like, how do you do all of this and, and still like be a mom and work? And I was like, I am no superwoman. I put in my earbuds. And while I do laundry, while I do dishes, I am listening to a coaching. I am listening to a podcast. I am listening to a sermon. I'm filling myself with the life that I want to start living. So that because I had to combat everything my brain had been exposed to up until that point. Thank you for sharing those practices with us because I feel like you know every every one of us wants to be able to do all those things but mm -hmm. it's hard when we don't have a specific way like what are, what are the yeah. steps that I can start taking from today to change yeah. mm -hmm. my life um and it's it's the it's that shift from a victim mentality which we talked about before to really taking control of your life. And it it's it's taking control in very, very, very simple and small steps in the beginning and mm -hmm. gradually add on to them the way yes. that I see it. Um, and eventually the brain becomes rewired, right? Or it's mm -hmm. rewiring mm -hmm. because it's a process that we're, we're, we're going through a process and we're still going to be rewiring till the end of our days, right? We yes. always want to be learning and improving. Um, yeah, one of the funniest things I just remember through this process is I was growing businesses at the same time. I had stepped away from my nine to five and I was pursuing contract work and growing a business with animals and therapy and the growing my life coaching business. And I wanted the big result right away. And I was like determined I could handle it. And God, this is what you want me to do. Give me the end result. Give me the success. And he's like, nope. <laughs> he like completely baby stepped me these last three years. I have made small change after small change after small change. And I look back on it and I'm like, thank God I didn't reach high success right away because I couldn't handle it. 
I, I was still evolving into this investing in myself and it wouldn't have worked if I figured it all out right away. I had to slowly change this area of my, my life. And then once I, once I improved there, then this naturally came from it. So then, okay, let's go to this area of your life. And then I, me and my sister laughed because we would, it, it so helps to have someone else on this journey too. I'm just going to throw that out there. You may not always get it, but if you find lo- someone who's like-minded, who wants this change too, that really helps. Cause we would, don't tell my husband, but <laughs> me and my sister be on the phone and we'd be so mad at our husbands. <laughs> and we're like, okay, okay. How can we shift our thought on this? <laughs> And she'd be like, you go first. This is too hard. (laughs) So we would find the funniest little way to think more positive about them just for the sake of practicing this new strategy. And as we practiced it and as we said it, it would get easier to start coming up with new thoughts around difficult situations. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, what you said about making changes gradually and not, Mm -hmm. you know, changing everything at once um, makes so much sense because I think, you know, I I truly believe that we as humans are part of nature. And, you know, in nature, things change always gradually. You know, if you you look at, uh, you know, the way that rivers uh, flow or the way that oceans are uh, getting bigger bigger or smaller nothing happens in one day because mm-hmm. if it does happen in one day it's going to be a disaster mm-hmm. <laughs> so in order for it to be sustainable in order to to for it to be natural for it to be healthy uh, it has to happen organically and mm we can only do what feels comfortable for us in the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't right now run a million dollar dollar business, mm-hmm. you know, because I just don't have the tools to do it. Yeah. But I know that I'm going to get there. And when I, when mm-hmm. I'll get there, I will know how to, how to handle it. Yes. Um, but right now we can only do what our tools allow us to do and what our comf- comfort level allows yeah. us to do. I love I love your example too to nature. Like I'm going to really hold that because that is so true. Nothing in you know in nature changes quickly. It it all goes slowly for yes. a purpose. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And we're learning so many years, you know, when you think back at your journey and I want you in a second to Tell us more about your journey and and how you started really um, going after your true path or your mm-hmm. something that really really fulfills you. Um, but you know when we're looking back at how we became, you know what we're doing right now, you always look at it and it's like it's it was the last ten years, right? Like <laughs> you were learning something, and something interests you, and you 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 were reading this book, and then then it lead, it led you to this book, mm. and then an opportunity opened up, and you could never plan it mm-hmm. beforehand, right? Right? It's just yeah. a process that is happening, and it's it always takes a very very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So please share with us a little bit about your path and how um how it became to be what it is right now mm-hmm. yeah um i would say the last well i'm a middle child so <laughs> i've always just had that notion in me that if you're if anything's going to happen in your life you're going to make it happen <laughs> because if you're a middle child you kind of get it <laughs> And, and I look at my own middle child and he is so much like that because the oldest has, you know, all the expectations on them. And then the youngest, you know, you're the youngest and you're our last. So there's a little partiality. And the middle is like, I was just there to like, 
my parents let me have a lot of freedom because they just trusted me and I was responsible because I wasn't going to wait for someone to do it for me. <laughs> so that's always been my, my mindset. And I've always loved challenges. So um, I pursued um, psychology and family studies right after high school for an undergrad. And then I went into the social work field and then I went back for my master's degree and stuff. So I was like, that's, I've always loved helping people and talking to people and studying people. So that was, I was in my dream job. I was working at a school district as a therapist. And that was, um, I was like, oh, they're going to have to kick me out of this because <laughs> I get summers off. I get, you know, I'm, I'm a retire at this job. It works with my family schedule. And, um, but the job was, <laughs> The position was toxic. The work environment was toxic. I was not supported. Mental health is oftentimes not prioritized in schools. It's it's very academic driven and very business driven. So as a therapist, you have insanely large caseloads, unrealistic expectations, much like teachers do. And um, you're, handle, you're handed the most difficult cases, which that's social work. So I, that was not out of the norm for me. I loved it. And I love, I love the population I work with. So, but what was happening, um, was just, I, I was not growing personally and I was not growing professionally. And that, that was for over eight years and it was trickling into my personal life more than I realized. And it was, that's the part where it was always somebody else's fault. Well, if my boss did this, then I wouldn't have to worry about this. And if the school district valued this, then I would be okay. And I would push and push and push to get those results, thinking that would make me feel better. And it never did. So it was around COVID um, we were back in school and it took, let me see, my position, people kept leaving. There was only four of us in the district. And so um, therapists in the whole district and people kept leaving that position. I was responsible for training six people that year because that's how many people were hired on and quit within that year. Wow. And that like smacked me in the face. I was like, oh, oh. And they would all say, I don't know how you're staying in this position. Like why you, you have so much more to offer, but I, I was complacent. So I, I just ignored what was happening to me, but that year I was unable to ignore any further. And that year, um, I had like, I had a nudging from God. He's like, you're gonna, you're gonna leave. And this wasn't, he didn't say this to me where I could hear it. It was like through my readings and stuff, but it was heavy on my heart that I was going to leave the school district to pursue my dream of working with horses and therapy. Oh. And I was like, what? That it was just like this. I have a friend that owns a therapeutic horse barn she had wanted a therapist for a long time, but I was starting a family and it couldn't, it didn't pay well. So I never really pursued it. And so um, God kept nudging me that year and it took me an entire school year to be like, okay, I think I'm going to do this. And um, my husband was like, what, <laughs> what? Cause he's an entrepreneur too. He works for himself and he's a contracted social worker he had been doing that for six years and um, I was the one that held the health insurance. I was the one with the, you know, he get he would get paid once a month or here and there um, with his paychecks, but I was a steady every other week. So finances, all of it around, not possible. I got to stay here. Summer's off. And God was like, nope, you're doing it. So the end of that school year, there was no denying it. And so much stuff just lined up, just lined up. Um, the finances were there to pursue the certification. Um, we had extra money saved up, you know, so I could um, figure out what it's like to work for myself. I was still getting paid through the summer, all the stuff lined up. 
And uh, I I was able to get other contracted jobs that would supplement my income. So I was like, all right, I'm doing it. Uh, I I jumped in before my husband was ready. <laughs> so <laughs> for a while, we were not getting along. <laughs> <because> <laughs> I was like, no, I'm doing it. I'm not going back. He's like, no, I thought you were going back for like another six months. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, so that was like, that was me coming into my own, finally starting to walk forward. And I, when what I knew was my purpose, you know, no matter what, and I wasn't purposely trying to go against my husband. It was just like, this is my life too. I've, I've put myself on the back burner for my family for so long and helped his career grow. So as complicated as it sounds right now I've been given a clear vision this is happening so that was super scary okay let me just tell you that was super scary and out of my comfort zone that's that's where I wanted all the success to happen right away so the next year I am working at the horse barn we are getting clients we're trying to grow the mental health program and um it's it's going really well in the summer but with animals and with farm life, you ebb and flow. And especially in the cold months, people drop off, they cancel, they reschedule, nobody wants, even though we have a heated barn, nobody wants to be out there. And for those interested in equine assisted therapy, that's what I was doing. And I was following the Egala model, which is we do all groundwork with the horses. So it's still mental health therapy. Nobody ever gets on top of a horse. We have um, an equine specialist and then a therapist and the horse is not tied up at all. So the horse is in the arena with you and they are part of the therapeutic experience. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was, I love it. I just something amazing being around animals and just especially horses and their ability to heal and their ability to pick up on energy and um, yeah, it, that was just a great part, but I didn't know the first thing about growing a business. I didn't know nothing. <laughs> and by the end of that first year, um, me and my partner started like parting ways because I was trying to, uh, keep up on my other contracted jobs, grow a mental health program. And then she had other things she was doing with the horses too. So it came down to, um, in order for us to grow, I needed her to hire more people and, um, she wanted different things from me. So we're like, this is, we're, it's not working. So we're still great friends. (laughs) We still help each other out any, any chance we get, but we knew that was, you know, we're kind of at the end of the road, which was devastating because I was like, I left everything for this wow. <laughs> and now it's not working. But at the same time, I was growing in this new mindset shifts and this new investing in myself. And I was able to look at it as look at how much you learned about yourself and about building a business. And so that was another discussion with me and my husband because he looked at it as it flopped. And I was able to stand in my truth in that moment and be like, I can understand. I was not offended that he said that. And I say, I can understand your point of view, but I don't see it that way. I see it as I grew. I'm even more confident now on how to um, grow a business, what I want out of a business. So then around that time, I started getting into life coaching and I was having this personal transformation. And and I was like, I have to share this with other moms. Like if other moms can tap into this power we have, what could be possible for our families? So that's a little bit of my journey. (laughs) And I still, this is just God. This is just God too. He's like, you thought you were going to do horse therapy. Psych. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Now you're doing this. And then another woman who is starting a small animal companion farm, someone connected us. And so now I have helped her start that. And I still get to do animal therapy with people. So 
it's amazing. Wow. This story is so, so inspiring. Oh, you want, thank you. You can imagine. I was. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you really touched my heart. And in the, the work with the horses, I can, I, I really mm. feel it because I was, I rode horses when I was, um, since I was um, probably 11 till mm-hmm. I was about 16. Um, and the, the part that I loved the best is just to be near the horses and mm-hmm. just to pet them and, and to groom them and to give them a bath. That's what I loved about it. I didn't like yes. the riding part so much because I was a little, I was a little scared to tell you the truth. Uh-huh. Um, although I, I know, I knew that I, I know that I learned a lot from that part as well. But just being around that animal just, I don't know, gave me um, this sense of safety. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I just I just love that animal. So I can really yeah. under and I, I would actually I'm you know now that I'm thinking about it while we're talking, I would love to try that type of therapy because I yes. think that's something that can really speak to me. Mm-hmm. I um, I like I promote it to everybody. Like it is amazing. And um just I, just even what the horses showed me when I would show up sometimes, you know, like they, they let you know when you're out of alignment, they just do. They'll like, uh, they just have their way of doing it. And I, I didn't realize how much they want a relationship and interact with you too, until I started doing that work. So yeah, you're an amazing animal. And you know, Mm -hmm. your story, I feel like you came out of like this coolish mindset, mm. right? Like um, you mm-hmm. were looking for external resor- results that will make you mm-hmm. happier or more satisfied and you were very compliant, which is a very, mm-hmm. very type of, you know, that's a schoolish mindset. And you yes. were able to step out of that and put boundaries and say, you know, this is not for me anymore. I'm choosing something yeah. different. And also putting boundaries uh, with your husband. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do and I have a great belief that this is my path and this is what I should pursue and you did it and that takes a lot of a lot of uh courage mm-hmm. yeah so that's it, amazing it was so inspiring yeah it's so like that's why I just if you're out there listening and you are on the verge of wanting something different go for it go for it you don't have to have it figured out (laughs) but if you don't step forward things are not going to change and and that's what I keep learning because I keep relearning this lesson and I keep trying new scary things and every time I step forward another opportunity opens and stuff but when you were saying um how I stepped away from the schooling that that like made me really think of something because even now for my children, even now that I'm on this journey, I always had this mentality, like pursue college kids, you know, like I wanted my kids to pursue college, pursue this, pursue this. And now I'm like, oh, I'm not going to push that anymore because there is so there pursue anything, pursue anything there you don't have to be limited to that framework. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And I think that's a lot of what I want to promote with this podcast, just Mm -hmm. to help people realize that there are so many other paths out there. And I truly believe that each one of us has this gift, has this talent inside of them and has this I, I don't want to call it a calling because I think that it's not even one thing. Mm. It's just, it's just that's it's it's that inner drive. It's that something that that calls you from within to pursue something in the moment, and mm-hmm. you know you don't really know how it's gonna look like like for your kids. Let's say you you don't really yeah. know 
what what it's gonna like what kind of career they're gonna have or you know how their future mm-hmm. is gonna look like but they have some something inside of them that they have this drive inside of them and we can trust that um, mm-hmm. because as we see you know as adults nowadays we we understand that there are so many other options and many of us you know we went to college I have a master's mm-hmm. degree also mm-hmm. yeah and although I, I I I'm grateful and I learned so much and I think that it gave me a lot for even what I'm doing today mm-hmm. um but that's not what I'm it's not what I'm working at right now yeah. I'm, I'm doing something completely different so there are so many so many opportunities, especially today. And I think that that those opportunities are just getting bigger and bigger um, as the technology is getting um, better and better all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I wanted just to finish with this question and ask yeah. you, now that you have made this shift in your life and you talked a little bit about that with you know not pushing your kids to go to college, but how does it affect generally your parenting? Um, I would say in every aspect, (laughs) it does, Uh, especially for them managing their emotions. That's a huge one that I, I'm still growing in that area because I I came from a very um, therapist mindset too, which is, is really good. And that, you know, like, I've, I had a mother that was a really great at nurturing and great at explaining why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, why life works this way. I had a good understanding. So I, I imparted that on my own kids too. And just compassion for others, you know, like all of that. But what is different for me now is I have the ability to teach them how to access the own power they have to, you know, take, take this path in life where you, you're not, you're not at the mercy of life. You're not a victim in life. You know, you actually get to create this life, you know, like that's, that's the power God has given us. He's like, this is, I've given you free will to go and create, you know, and then, and, and I just really emphasize with them to a relationship with God. So like in partnership with God, you, the world is yours, go create, love, build, you know, and even just looking at grades. Okay. (laughs) Like just unlearning the impact that this system has on your value related around grades. And I just really have to stop myself and be like, did you try hard? (laughs) Did you study? Great. We're not (laughs) worried if it's an A, B, C, D, you know, that will come. You are still learning everything you need to know about life. Okay. Don't worry. Cause two of my kids um, have been identified with special education So that, you know, they can get stuck in this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not making the grades like everybody else, or I can just really focus on their positives. Well, you know what? You have just natural leadership skills. And you know what? To my daughter, you have the kindest heart. You know, like nobody is left out when you're in the room. You include everybody. And just all everything I have learned, that's probably the most valuable gift I feel like I've been able to give my children is they don't have to subscribe to the programming that I feel like I was raised with, you know, no default of anybody, but it's just kind of what we're led to believe. This is how you get a happy life. It's like, actually, (laughs) it's a trap. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so powerful, um, you know, teaching them to access their own power, um, teaching mm-hmm. them them that they are not a victim and they, they can create their own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're talking about focusing on the p- positives. And I feel like a lot of parents may say that, but truly in their mind, they still believe that academics are mm. what matters most. Mm-hmm. And 
academics are just a small part of our yeah. life. Yes. And yes. there are so many other traits that we have that were, will actually benefit us much more than being a A plus student. Yeah. 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 So that that is so powerful and i really really thank you for this conversation i think oh, i've I... learned so much um and Great. i'm sure that our listeners are gonna learn so much from this also and uh, please let us know uh, where can they reach you if they want to can- contact you and hear from you more yes well i just want to say thank you for setting this up and thank you for letting me come on as a guest and i'm gonna be learning so much from your podcast. (laughs) Like I was so excited to be listening to all your episodes and just, you know, like um, going into a whole different way of thinking about schooling. So, um, so you guys can find me on my Facebook page, coaching with Kel and um, my email um, is on there as well. And yeah, just follow what I'm doing. I'm going to be starting a podcast in January. I'm not sure when this is going to launch, but um, in January 1st, I'm going to start a podcast. It's called Moms Dare to Dream Again. That is a spinoff of an event that I hosted last March. We hosted an event for moms um, where we just uh, had speakers And we talked about the power of investing in yourself. And it was an amazing turnout. Over 100 women came. We had um, like a massage, two massage people there, someone doing makeup. There was all women entrepreneurs there. And it was just this spirit that moms finally taking time for themselves, enjoying each other's company and um, just seeing and learning from other moms that have, you know, stepped into their own kind of purpose so yeah so that's where you can find me that is so beautiful and I'll make sure to link all that in the show notes okay so have a great night and again thank you so much for coming and sharing your story with us you are welcome thank you so much I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did I think that if each mom puts herself first all our kids are going to benefit from it tremendously. Here are the main takeaways. Putting ourselves first is our path to being better parents. When we start investing in ourselves, we start to see changes happen. Move to an abundance mindset in our parenting. When we give to ourselves, we have more to give others. When we change our mindset and adopt the understanding that I am responsible for how I respond to what's going on in my life, amazing shifts start to happen. When we release ourselves from a victim mindset to an agent and a creator and a powerful being mindset, we stop being at the mercy of our circumstances. We control our energy, our mood, and how we relate to others. Kelly shares how a few simple practices literally change her life. For her, it was devotion to God, daily affirmations, and prioritizing what she listens to and is exposed to. Sustainable changes happen slowly and organically. Walking into your purpose enables you to let go of a lot of programming around external results and compliance to seeking internal results and boundary setting. Kelly's transformation helps her support her kids to walk their own path and not to be at the mercy of life and society's expectations. I hope you enjoyed this episode and was inspired to make small shifts in your parenting that will support your kids to bring forth their full potential while living a life of ease and well-being. To support the show, please make sure to subscribe and rate the show. Leaving a comment can be very helpful in promoting the show on the podcast platform. If you think that this can benefit other parents, please share this podcast with them. I invite you also to follow my Instagram account, Alternative Parenting Coach, and join my private Facebook group, Alternative Parenting, where I would love to hear your thoughts about the episode, what you learned, 
what inspired you or what you didn't agree with. Your feedback is extremely valuable to me as we are all in this process together, living, learning and evolving. Thank you again and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.